the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Alright, let's read before we take our seats. That place will be reading Matthew 19 again. The Bible says, Matthew 19, The Pharisees, verse 3, came to him, tempting him, and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And he answered and said unto them, Have you not read? What's the topic of our message? Say it again. The serpent, the garden, and the family. Today I'm talking about two in one, under the same topic. The serpent, the garden, and the family, two in one. What is two in one? <laughs> Let's read. So the Pharisees asked him, and he answered and said, verse 4, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? All I want to do, and he said, For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cling to his wife, and two shall become one. Hmm. What did I call the title? Again? Two and one. God bless you. Can I just sit? Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus Christ, help us this morning. When we're praying this morning, we really pray deeply for families. This is a crucial topic. For some reasons, I want to make reference to what I said last week. It's not about you and your husband alone. It's about your children. It's about the future generation. Homes where children, and we'll get to children later. I'm just saying this. Home where children are taught how to read, how to focus, how to do the assignment on time. They can turn out to be great children. Homes where nobody sees. There is a window of opportunity to set your children the right way. If you don't, it might be difficult. Children who are loved, Easily trust people when they are away from the house. Children who have shown so much love, honor and respect at home. Whose parents allow them to say their opinion and they correct them in love, listen to them, give them fair hearing. When they step out, there is a positive attitude they usually have towards life. Homes where you have resentment, anger, shut up, punishment as a matter of fact. So now I appreciate what I'm talking about it this morning. I've not checked it myself, but a guy brought out a stat- statistics and he said that over 70 percent, I can't know the exact figure, he said, but a greater number of 80s on earth today, most of them, their fathers were pastors or religious men who lived two different lives. Shouted in church, but hated the mother at home. Shouted in church, but was suppressing them at home. Because it was the father figure they were seeing, anything like our heavenly father, it grieves them. When you see people who hate authority, at times these are people who have been so oppressed, suppressed at home, that any form of accountability, they begin to hate it. And I meet many of them every now and then. 
I want to say I'm married. I don't like men. Just check it many times. Somebody in the position of a father sat over them, suppressed them. So when they turn 19, 20, enter school, and there is a freedom, they resent and resist any form of authority. And this is the worst part. Even when they come to church also, they resent authority. I don't judge them, but they don't know that it's a fundamental problem. It's, an, it's a foundational problem. You can be raised in an atmosphere of distrust and it becomes difficult for you to ever trust people. This is what gets me and that's why we are looking at this. I know people who can do seven days without eating. They pray. But it has not changed their perception of women. That women are corny. They must not be trusted. If they say it's shown that they have grown with, they put their Christianity on it, but their Christianity does not change that mentality. So you can marry truly a man who prays a lot and he can still oppress you at home. Except some certain adjustments are made. That's what I want to talk about second service. Culture versus the world. Because we all, all of us have the influence of culture over us, one with everybody. Because we did not draw from heaven. But let's start this morning that Jesus said, Have you read? And the first thing Jesus pointed to is what I want to spend a bit of time on this morning. Just that verse only. And the next verse. He said, He, he said, This is the first thing that you must think of when you think marriage. This is the first thing that you must think of when you think marriage. He that make them. Number one. We are going to bring about five points from that, that verse or those two verses. Number one. Somebody made them. And the one that made them was deliberate in his action. Then he made not one thing. He made two things. If you miss it at this point, it's difficult to have a good marriage. In other words, the first thing Jesus wants every man who is married and everyone aspiring to marry, every woman that is married and everyone that is aspiring to marry, is that you are not dealing with two same. They are not the same. He said, he that made them, made them male and female. In other words, he made two different things, not one thing. Say amen. In other words, man is not woman. Woman is not man. In the creation of God, in this thing that we call marriage, we are talking about two entities coming together. We are talking about two different things. One is called male. One is called female. And Jesus said, God intentionally made it so. Not male, male. Not female, female. Male and female. So, anyone stepping into this institution, if you don't first of all understand that I am married to you, does not mean we are the same. We are two. One is called male. One is called female. And they are two different species. Why do people have problems at times? Women think your husband thinks like you. Men and women don't think the same way. There are, uh, there are some points where you think along the same line. But the way you are wired. So God wired somebody in such a way that then he said you are male then he created someone else 
Even the way he created them, he did not create them the same way. One came from the soil, raw. One came from already created stuff. So the Bible says that this is the foundation on which marriage is based. That I did not create one thing. I can repeat that over and over again. Two things were created. One come made, one come. So Jesus said that is the beginning. He that made them. Then he asked the matter of Jesus said, For this cause shall a man. What cause? You are not supposed to step into marriage until you have understood first of all that we are talking about male and female. Two different species. So Jesus said, it is the knowledge, the revelation, the understanding that this is male, this is female, and we get back, go back to that in a while. That is the understanding that when you have that information, when you have that understanding, that knowledge, then for this course you can step out and say you want to marry. In other words, once this matter, once you have not studied, so you know it started with have you not read? In other words, Jesus is asking that go back and read what is male and what is female. If you haven't read the two, if you don't understand who a woman is and who a man is in terms of what God created and the responsibility He gave to them, then you are going to abuse marriage. Hallelujah. Amen. Did you get that? So this understanding must be there. Now he said, for this cause shall a man live. <laughs> Let's start with the male. Dear Lord Jesus. Male. Male. Paul said, Adam was created for us, not Eve. There is, to talk about men, you can talk for 1,000 days non-stop. No wonder in Ephesians, when Paul said, husband, love your wife, he gave men more responsibilities than he gave women. Let's read Ephesians, then we come back to men. Because we are going to go back to exactly what Jesus said. He took them to the beginning. That look, if you don't get to the root of a matter, you can't solve it. Jesus said that many things happen between that beginning and now. He said, but my answer to you Pharisees is that you are talking about Moses. He that made them, made them before Moses. So I'm going back to the beginning. What God made. If you don't understand Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, please don't attempt marriage. You have to go to the original plan. It is there you can find your wife. It is there you can find your husband. You can live with somebody for 30 years and not know the person. See, Human beings are not just people, they are also spirits. Everybody. You can't reap what is inside someone beyond what you know of that person. And many couples are living together without really knowing each other. It's going to affect the level of greatness the children will rise to. It will affect many things. All they do is that they sleep together, eat together, but you don't really... Every woman in your house... Has an assignment, has something to add to your life. And every man in your life has a destination is taking you to. Are you getting what I'm saying? I don't want to get tired of myself, but later I will talk about, talk about Rose. See, men are like the driver, the woman helps like the conductor. Mushi, <laughs> you know, those guys are wonderful. 
It is the conductor that is the mirror. If you go to all those social area, Oya Wale, the driver will just enter from one lane to another. The conductor stands at the door. He's the one telling the next car to back them. Do you see them around? So Oya Wale, and the guy will just he trusts the conductor so much. Some of them don't even have mirrors. The, the guy is the mirror. <laughs> Hallelujah. What should a woman do? Even though the husband is the one with the steering, when it is obvious he's driving the family into a ditch. And there are so many men there. Let's say this from the beginning. If as a man, your decisions keep making the family to go down, that there's no woman that is sensible that should trust you. You do investment, you will lose all the money one time, two times, three times. You ask them to relocate, they lost everything. And you still want to say, I am a man should follow. You are a man, but you are the blind one. You should not be followed. If you are followed, you will destroy your family. I will talk to men. So much responsibility is given. So Jesus was saying, go back to the beginning. So what do we find in Genesis? Number one, God made man in his own image and his likeness. He was here to create woman then. All women hear me. I said this other normal. The first and all men, the first qualification, if you are going to courts, if you are going to courts, that a woman should submit to you, before you quote that, also ask yourself a question. How godly are you? Because the one that the Bible is referring to, that a woman should submit to, must first of all be a man created in the image and likeness. If you see God, He has hands. The Bible talks about the hand of God. The Bible talks about the legs of God. So God looks like woman form. But that is image. Likeness talks about function, functioning. So if a man is not functioning like God, you cannot quote other places and say woman because first of all God is not wicked before he told women to submit he looked at the person they should submit to must not be a tyrant even in any nation in the world once you have a leader that is wicked he loses the respect of the people this is why you have wars civil wars, rebellions everywhere what you don't hear of in European nations that are stable because no leader will abuse his power in some of those countries. They will take you out of office. Prime ministers in many of those European nations are accessible to everybody. So before a man can claim that I am the head, we are not saying you are not the head, but there are different types of heads. <laughs> These are people wear caps because of the shape of their head. So why you say, so it's important that you, you, are you getting what I'm saying? First thing, man created in the image and the likeness. How many times have you seen God coming down to oppress you? With all the sins you have committed. So we get back to what Jesus said because the instructions are in the, in the epistles. So Jesus said, this is what you need to know. And for women, I'm talking to those who are not married. Are you checking, first of all, how godly the man is? 
in the image and in the likeness of God. In the image and in the likeness of God. We can spend I feel like I should just stop there. And we had one more thing. From what Jesus said, that is the first thing. Again, pay attention to what Jesus said. For this cause shall a man leave. Anyone who hasn't left, you should not marry. The Bible didn't say women should leave. But the Bible says, for this cause, second service, I want to talk about cultural versus because even the Bible itself, a part of it, a part of some of the marriages you see in the Bible, they add a bit of culture attached to them. And you know what about culture? Culture will always change. There was a time men would go to farm, women would stay at home and cook. Brother, that has changed. Who says it is compulsory that the woman should be the one cooking? It is okay, it is nice. It is more of a cultural thing, not an instruction of the word. I get what I'm saying. I'm not saying it is good. All of us want a very a wife that can cook. Thank God, man can cook very well. But I'm just saying that you see, some of the stories you will read, and we go to all of them from one by one. They happen when men and some of the culture who have given us the, the way uh, marriage evolved through culture. When men will go and hold in farm and women will stay at home, but now there are wives who earn more than the husband. There are wives, the kind of work they do, it demands more of their time than the man. Won't it be wicked? Is it not a kind of wickedness when you still expect you are close by four and you are at home? Your wife is still balancing account with seven. And it comes home and you still want to do what your grandpa did. You own newspaper, you are and you are demanding for your food from kitchen. And you can tell a good woman will serve you naturally. But what about when you see that sincerely she, she is totally down? But your cultural mindset is still trying to rule. You could have helped, but you chose not to. I'm not talking about a woman that is stubborn, doesn't want to. But I'm saying that if you yourself can tell that by the virtue of her job, ah, she's being tasked more than myself. Can you really help? Or you are going to say, I'm the man. You do the washing, you do the cooking, you do all these things, and you want to share part of her salary. You know, I met a man one day who paid the house rent, the wife, school fees, the wife. And you know what? She's not complaining. But any small mistake, she didn't cook. You start with Allah. And it's coming from, and she will begin to apologize. It's more of a mindset. She's my wife, she must do all these things. You can't help. You can't help. You don't have to be mean. You are not your grandpa. Grandma did not go to school. She didn't work. My great-grandma did not. But your wife is working. Things are changing. Women were not going to school in those days. Now, women are topping class in schools. Have you met a surgeon? For some of them are women, consultants. But they have a home also. So she's treating somebody in the emergency and the husband said, because you are a cultural man, you are not going to help her with anything at all. Then when it is time to share money, you tell her that you're not working, you're not supposed to contribute. 
just tell us that are you not also free? Are you not supposed to contribute to cooking? I get what I'm saying. Now, don't don't take me up and say I'm saying women should. I'm just saying that are there moments where you can help? Why don't you help and not let mindset that it's a woman thing should keep you? That's what I'm saying. For this cause, a man should live. In Genesis 24, Isaac was the only child of Abraham. And he was, Abraham was a rich man. Of course, Ishmael was, was living elsewhere. But when Isaac married, because from the patriarch you can see certain examples. Now, the Bible says something in that Genesis 24. That I, wonder, I don't know which verse now. That talks about where Isaac was living. From the south. Was living in the south. I wonder is that verse. Down, down, down. If you see it first. When they were bringing Rebekah and Isaac was coming from the field. The Bible talks about where he was living. That's what I want to bring out. That even though. Just go down. It's almost it's in the last ten verses. So. Maybe if we start from towards the end. Last 10 verses, please. You are still on verse 1. Go down last 10 verses. We don't need verse 1. Go to... What verse is that? And Rebecca arose. Is it before now or after now? Please, if you find it, just tell me. It talks about where Isaac stays in the south. That's what I'm looking for, please. Check your Bible. What verse? Yeah, 62. And Isaac came from the way of the well of Lahorim, for he dwelt in the south country. The heir apparent, Abraham was one of the richest, if not the richest, he was the richest man in his time, or about one of the richest. Just one son to inherit everything. Before Isaac, before Abraham could ask a servant to go and get a wife for Isaac, Isaac moved. And he had his own place where he was staying. That's what there is. There are no meaningless details in the Bible. I'm letting us know that Rebecca was brought to him after he got his own accommodation. Listen, we understand the economy of the nation. Your father can maybe things are not well, are not too well financially, and you are managing with the family. You are still with your mom, or maybe your maybe your father early life built a lot of apartments, and you are still there. Now you want to marry. The Bible says, for this cause, shall a man live? Please listen to me. If for some financial reasons you can't live immediately, please make an arrangement as soon as possible. It is not right from the Bible perspective to bring a woman to the house of your father and your mother. Except they are not living there and they've given you the house, fine. If you are the one in charge of the house now, no problem. But where you have your siblings, where you have the same relative, you are disobeying for this caution, a man leave his father. You are not to abandon them, but you are to create your own new family. If you don't, you make things difficult from the word go. One of the reasons why I get passionate about this, many of the marriages that have been involved with, praying for them, trying to adjudicate who are broken, no problem between the man and the girl. There was never a time that the guy exactly did something directly to, to hurt the girl or the girl to the guy. It's always people in between them. My mom said she didn't greet her. My sister came to her house. She didn't treat my sister very well. Imagine, the man never complained that the girl did this to him directly. The girl never complained about my husband. They both love each other. It's always family in between them. 
His mom came and said this to me. The sister came and uh, took over my kitchen. And why should you bring people to create problems? In the wisdom of God, the Bible says, For this cause shall a man live. His father and his mother and cleave to his wife. Oh, my time is up. I was going to mention assignments. Let's go back to those two things. A man that is godly. One. A man who has left truth. Or he will live before marrying you. I'm going to stop there. Jesus was referring to about four steps, and I mentioned two. That in identifying the male that is ready to lead a home, he must be a godly male, and he must be a male who has left the influence of the parents. I get what I'm saying. So any ungodly male, or the one that claims to be godly, but is still under the influence, he has not left the home, will be a dangerous one. Not because he's a bad person, but because he's in a wrong position. And the true blessings of marriage cannot rest on that family as it should because of that out of space arrangement. Shall we rise? Is someone blessed this morning? I will talk more to singles. It's not going to eat donut and, and meat pie at TFC. What's the definition of a nice guy? He buys you things. He talks subtly. That, so you, you, that's what you say. See, all those ones. <laughs> you see, it's so nice. He smiles at all times. I am showing you things to check for. If you are a man and you are listening to me, if you have arranged adjustment, this message is broad and it's long. Remember, to whom much is given, much is also required. Responsibility to lead the home is given to man, not to woman. But are you worth following? That's the truth. Now we get to this. So much God he put so much trust in man to the point that Apostle Paul said that women should ask questions in the church. Now if they have any questions, they have their husband. If we are to do that in our time, some husbands will say that the second born of David, his name is Lucifer. Paul trusted men so much that he told the women that don't talk in church. As you are going home, ask your husband. Sir, pastor talked about three things from the Bible. What do you, what, what, he didn't mention the third one. That this is the third one. I will tell the wife. Because Paul expected men to be so godly, so rooted spiritually, that there's no, he's not a pastor, he's a businessman, but there's no spiritual question he cannot answer as far as his family is concerned. But we are nowadays women attending prayer meeting, men watching premiership at home. We are women praying. You know the reason why you see a lot of women on mountains. I feel sorry for some of them. Some of them have even become victims of abuses. I've heard of all these kinds of prophets, even sleeping with women, mad women, all kinds of things. It is the absence of the man. 
church where you see women uh, prayer meeting on this mountain, on that mountain. You should be in the church. Your husband should tell you, let's pray about this. Let's go to church on Sunday. Okay, do we talk to the pastor? Do we pray? And it takes care of everything. You know what? We don't need to talk about anybody. Let's just pray about this. Once you see women moving to and fro, it's because there is a man at home who is very deaf to spiritual things. He's not going to hear anything. So they better move around. The home is boiling and burning and the man has no clue. He's not doing anything. Oh, when I was in secondary school, a boy narrated how the mom, the father, a big pastor in the church, yet the mom was taking this guy to go and see a prophet who was praying, and he said, the prophet said, there's something you must vomit. The guy told me, he said, see, he was trying to vomit. He started throwing out saliva. He said, pastor, there was nothing in me. I was in pastor. So I said, I will just do what my mom told me to do. And I thought about it. Why? The young boy was going through something, having nightmares or something, the mom was concerned. The father didn't know what to do. Nothing. Go out with his friend, come back. And the mom knew that if we don't do anything about this boy, he might not make it up to age 15. Absent men. Absent men. You know, a few times, early in the days, I've seen women who took initiative, even in giving. Many years back, one lady said to me, "Say, I'm going to give this money. Say, I won't tell my husband. Even though nowadays, I usually demand people tell their husband. Because I said, two, you are one. Please go tell your husband. But I told me, he said, if I do, he will not allow me to. He said from when I was in school or something, or, I'm, okay, I can't remember my own story, but let me just give this illustration that from school days, I give. And I've been having results. I trusted God by faith and I got the kind of job I wanted. He said, if I mention first fruit, he will not hear in the house. And he wouldn't know that I'm doing well because and I've seen so many, so many times. One lady I was begging her that we cannot leave this man. He said, sir, I take, all, take care of all his bills and his whole family. And he said, my secret is that I have a covenant with God. This one, this one I'm about to say, she's a medical practitioner, consultant in America. An elderly woman. She'll be about 20 years older than me. I went for a conference, a black American woman, medical doctor. She was in one of the doctors in the team. And she was talking to me. She told me, I told someone later when I came, I said, the first mistake I made. said, when I was in school, she was first of all in medicine here. Then she finished, then she traveled abroad. She passed all her exams. said, I had no physics teacher in secondary school. I taught myself physics. A genius. said, when I was in school, I was on scholarship because I was one of the best in my school, so they sponsored me to university. He said all the money they were giving me, and my father was rich, I was keeping it. He said, I made a vow to God that the day I am joined to a man at the altar, I will take all this money and give you as a seed. He said, because you've been so good to me. He said, I did not look for a job. He said, in school, I never failed once. So I said to God that, I don't need all this money, this scholarship, I will give them to you. He said, the day I mentioned to him a week to our wedding, so I just told him that thing. On that day, wherever church we go to, we are joined together. He said, I'm going to give them this money. I saved it from my 200 level. He said, I know God has been so good to me. He said, the guy said, no problem. So that night of the wedding, they couldn't. Then they traveled. Then she said, okay, why don't we go back to that place? And he said, the husband just told me one day, no, no, we have a lot of needs. Collected the money from her. She told me, he said, I, start, he said, in my, he said, I knew immediately that I entered trouble. 
He said, a man that will not allow me to honor the God that took me from school to this time. And I told you before we got married. And you said, I see, you see, we have a lot of needs. If I didn't tell you, call. And he collected the money. She was telling me as I now started, when they started meeting with different girls over there, he married her best friend. And that's the one he's living with now. She's on her own. Thank God all her children are out of school and she's happy. But the marriage ended like 21 years ago. They've been apart. She told me, I knew that day when he did that. Godliness. A man, we are going to talk about four expectations, maybe next week. Expectation or responsibility. You must come together and have the same view of this. What, what do you think about family? You and your wife together. What's your disposition towards children? How to raise children? Towards God and then towards the two of you. These are four tires of a car that when one is missing, there can be a problem. What we call love, what we call love, is not enough. Romance does not sustain marriage. It dies after a while. Those who are not married, who are Christians, look forward to sex. But after how many times? After how many times? Let's stop here. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ. Just stay after me say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again. And that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. God bless you.